Educational Services Podcast. My name is Larry Muepo. Today, I want to discuss what a lot of parents are dealing with today, and that's college planning. There's financial planning, and then there's school planning. And what I wanted to discuss was having a comprehensive plan. And one of the things we try to do at Think Big Educational Services is try to have the holistic approach in terms of college planning. So there's a social aspect, there's a financial aspect, there's an education aspect, but also what's most important is the networking and business application aspect. So people who normally approach education, they don't necessarily think about the impact that it can have on on their lives. Most of the time, we're trained to go to school we're trained to get good grades, and we're trained to try and make the best of what we've accomplished while we're at school. And I think that approach is starting to crumble. The pandemic has showed that that sort of all-or-nothing approach doesn't necessarily resonate with today's young people, and it doesn't really jive with what employers, such as myself, when I work with the County of Los Angeles, what we're expecting and what we hope to have in terms of people who come to us, whether they have a degree or they don't, that really doesn't necessarily matter. As a matter of fact, in some employers' eyes, having a degree can be a hindrance because it requires a type of redeployment and retraining in order to get that person to realign themselves with the goals of the organization. So what we wanted to talk about is um, from the first point, as my personal experience, I've had a long career working in government. I've also worked with the federal government. I've also worked in the private sector. And so the position I had with the County of Los Angeles allowed me to have different opportunities to continue my post-secondary educational experience, which is going beyond the 12th grade and going to a junior college to give vocational training, which is what I received, or to just get something to help my skills be even more relevant to the job that I currently had. And my whole family had went to USC. Um, we have other people in our family that have gone to different institutions of higher learning. And one of the things that we've recognized is the tremendous amount of debt. And that's the second part that I'm going to speak about. But what I want to really want to focus is an overall approach. Um, since I've had the opportunity to go to college, um, I went two years in total. And I realized that I can accomplish more outside of college in terms of the training than if I were to stay. Because one of the distractions I had was my peers and there are different types of reasons for those distractions. But I had to realize that what they're doing is what they're told to do. And I had to break out of that herd mentality. So I began to drift away from school. And then I realized that I'm not really particularly fond of higher education because there seemed to be something nefarious going on. Something was wrong. Something didn't quite add up, particularly the number, the debt, uh, the credit cards were given to me, yet there's no explanation of the use of credit, the use of credit cards, and how it could impact my life later on down the line, especially when you look at the 
terms of financing that was going on being in california schools tend to be higher than in other places um private schools even though they carry a higher cost there's easier financing for private schools as opposed to the state and the um the more famous schools like the ucs and things of that nature all of this allowed me to understand that i had to do something that made sense for me and that allowed me to come to an approach that allowed me to work as well as go to school and then i discovered online learning i learned that ucla extension as well as asu online they offered classes that allowed me to not just get stuck with being at school in a class and then rushing to work not understanding that there's a million alternatives to the traditional route but any of those routes you take whether it's traditional or non-traditional requires at least a modicum of planning so as i've gotten older i've had my career 20 plus years in government as well as counseling um helping others formal and informal i've now come to the realization that planning is everything and the old axiom of those who fail to plan are planning for failure is true it's a classic statement it's an annoying statement but it's a truthful statement because the application fits anyone it doesn't have to be debatable it just has to be relatable so one of the things that my wife and i who went to usc ucla as well as cal state dominguez so you would say that her pathway was a pathway of success not because she didn't achieve the highest grade point average, but because she was successful in completion of her educational pathway. And the unfortunate part has, of that is it has nothing to do with what, with what her success will be in the future. Because an educational success is not immediately translatable to a real life success. Because once again, your educational plan may not fit your life plan we try to take an architectural approach to being counselors or consultants and what we've done with not just our children but the students that we come into contact with who ask us questions about education is we try to approach the whole aspect of the college experience what i'm trying to finally impress is you have to have a whole approach and for me, that overall objective viewpoint came from what I've learned in terms of the stock market. And when I've studied the stock market and been engaged in the stock market, and one of the things that I've taken for granted is that when you're in a competitive environment like the stock market is, the success has nothing to do with how intelligent you are. The success has nothing to do with your ability to recognize it's the discipline that you have to have in order to succeed in the stock market. When you're investing, whether it's a home, whether it is a equity, whether you're buying Apple or you're buying a condo or a townhouse, it's the discipline of your financial approach, which will determine your future success. And that's the thing that I want to really impress upon the listener. 
your application depends on your discipline and determination of a plan because the plan will succeed, but you have to believe in the plan and you have to make sure that the plan is executed because you're going to have, you're going to divert, you're going to tweak, you're going to change a little, but it allows you to have a basis to do so because freestyling only works if you're rapping, not if you're trying to succeed. So let's get into this approach about the plan. So basically, an architect is given a commission or given some type of payment to create. And in the architect's approach, the architect has to decide what will be built, how will it be built, and the completion of that built. And we're generalizing here because it's important to understand how it's applicable to anyone's life. Your life is large like a canvas. Your life is the size of the universe in terms of possibilities. And as overwhelming as that may sound, the key is to understand that in order to recognize and realize those possibilities that can happen in your life, no matter the age, whether you're 15, 18, 55 to 75, your life has a multitude of possibilities. So what you require is a form of structure to make those possibilities more manageable. And when it comes in terms of your life, you're just managing the possibilities you have for your life. And that requires structure. Now, your structure may not be the same as my structure. And so the architect is going to go to the client and say, what do you want? What do you see? What do you envision? Tell me what you want. Tell me what you don't want. And I'll let you know how realistic or unrealistic those choices and those decisions are. Because it's in those decisions that the plan can create a structure. A lot of people think of a plan as something rigid, set in stone, and you follow it like a good marching ant does, and they go in a line, and it's back and forth, and you get what you can, and you build, and that's it. But remember, if your life is as open and endless as the universe because of the multitude of possibilities, then the structure that you choose has to be manageable for you. If that structure is manageable, then it has to have goals that are manageable. So when we talk about managing, we're talking about being able to have a controllable outcome. It has to be flexible or sometimes inflexible when, when the need arises. And you have to make sure that your structure in terms of your planning is sound and can withstand tests. Tests are great because tests are reality checks. And reality checks are vital if we're going to have sustainable success. Because sustainability is everything when it comes to planning. A lot of people take planning for granted because they feel, ah, I can improvise, I can jazz. And you may be able to, but you can't continue that process because the free the freeform process doesn't always work if the structure becomes abandoned. 
So it's important and imperative to understand that the structure you choose in terms of planning from the architect depends on goals. And once those goals are met, and then you have the plan set, and then you have the blueprint. And the blueprint is only the confirmation of the proper structure. Once the blueprint is set of the proper structure, you can't have deviations because deviations allow for chaos to happen. So we're trying to avoid deviations. We're trying to, we're, we're, the only normal time you should have deviations is when your plan needs updating and upgrading. And that only should require updating and upgrading for safety. If it's for a cosmetic reason, then you're creating a distraction. And once again, you're jeopardizing the integrity of the blueprint. So once we have the integrity of the blueprint secured, we then go through the actual building process. Now I can go on a long dissertation about the building process. I'm currently at this particular time of this podcast going through that building process. It's a lot of fun, but it's important to note that in terms of the possibilities, those possibilities become more manageable because of the blueprint, because the blueprint is built on a plan that the architecture has set based on goals that are realistic. So a lot of frivolity is eliminated. Think of it like this. If you're going shopping and you have a shopping list, your deviations are more manageable than if you don't have a shopping list because the human brain in its infinite wisdom likes to be entertained and nothing's more entertaining than self-sabotage because variety is spice of life and there's nothing more spiteful than chaos. So in order to avoid all that and limit the amount of excitement in your life, you should really think about how if a shopping list helps me from buying things that's gonna make my health worse, then an architect is gonna help me add things, save costs, and help build at a date that will be successful. So that's the same thing with college planning. Hello, my name is Larry Muepo. I'm with Think Big Educational Services. We are a consultant for those people who wanna further their education in college. We also offer editing services for book writers, and we also offer credit counseling services as well. So if you have a need for any planning, any type of design to help you to further your education, get college scholarship money, looking for any help with any writing or editing, and we also offer help in credit services. We can be reached at our website at Think Big Educational Services. That is www.thinkbig.com edservices.com. That's thinkbigedservices.org. We also have an email address at thinkbigedservices at gmail.com. That's thinkbigedservices at gmail.com. Thank you. So a lot of times we have clients and they come to us and the first thing they say is, we need money. Great. No problem. Where are you planning on studying? The student who says, I uh, those students require a direction. And the direction we try to do is give them a direction that is first practical. It has to be something it's, that they're going to enjoy to do. Because the one lesson every student should know, doesn't matter their age, is don't do something you don't enjoy. A lot of times people go to school to try to get the guaranteed job degree. And there's no such thing. Because even though you pick law or you pick pre-med, 
if you don't like it, it will show up and employers will know. One of the things I do when I interview people is I say, do you have any questions? And the type of questions that I get from a a prospective employee is going to help me determine whether or not they are a fit for the team. I try to, I try to do a merit-based transparency job interview process. And the reason why I do that is not because I'm trying to be high and mighty and try to be objective is I know that I don't want an employee who has ulterior motives and I don't want an employee who is not willing to work and and compromise. So I allow people to basically self-sabotage themselves by putting them in a formless situation in a job interview. So when I say, you have any questions for us? If you tell me no, that lets me know that you have a less than enthusiastic approach and you're just looking at a job when I'm trying to hire someone for a career. So a career person is going to know what they're getting into, gonna have job questions, and they're gonna ask questions that are pertinent to how they can complete their assignment within your job. Someone who's just looking to get paid, they're not gonna be interested. So it's important to understand that when you're going through college and you have a student and you're that student, and you don't know what you like, you have to discover that first. What are you passionate about? What do you want to do with the time you have left? And that's critical because with the time that you have left, that can allow you to find the financing. So let's discuss the financing. Loans are not bad. Loans are not bad debt until you're over leveraged. Over leverage is everything. And to avoid being over leveraged, you have to know what's affordable. And a lot of people assume affordable is the money you have, as opposed to affordability depends on how it relates to your credit, your debt management style, and your ability to pay off. Because you don't want to be stuck with something that's going to be hard to pay off. So if I'm going to if, if I'm going to go to a university. If it's a private university, you should only go to a private university unless you have secured financing. And especially if that secured financing is through the government in terms of grants or scholarship. If you're going to go to a private university, you should only do it if it's paid for by your employer. State is different. Private universities are different. Private universities are advantageous if it's affordable and they offer manageable debt. And a lot of exposure that's happened with private universities and some of the issues that come up in terms of the financing is that a lot of reform has gone on and a lot of less predatory lending practices have been exposed and reduced. So that's good to know that people are being less disingenuous in terms of financing. So let's look at the different types of financing from the federal side. There are four loans that are available from the federal student side. They're all controlled by Sally Mae. Sally Mae allows you to apply to them directly and Sally Mae will give you an answer in terms of your financial eligibility. So everyone is available for financial aid. There is no limit to the amount of money you make in order to ask for financial aid. People think, oh, you don't get financial aid if you make a certain amount of money. That simply does not exist. 
federal student aid is available in terms of loans as well as grants. Everyone knows about Pell Grants. Those are the ones that's most available. States also have funding available for all students. There are certain ones like the Cal Grant are available for certain students, but that can be found out. Also, there are also private um, organizations that also offer within their discipline, they offer scholarships, whether you are an undergraduate student or a graduate student. All that is findable, that is achievable. And the important part is to take this seriously. Educational financing is just as important as financing for a car, financing for a home. It is possible, it is achievable. Um, Fastwire, they offer college financing. Um, Fastwire Cash can help you find um, financing. There's also other organizations um, like sororities and fraternities that offer financing. Unions also offer financing. A lot of unions also, oh, FastWeb, I'm sorry, not FastWire. FastWeb is what you want to look for for undergraduate and graduate scholarships. And age doesn't matter. Income doesn't matter. Certain financing requires a certain credit score, but usually that's around the 600 to 620. Certain ones need to be 660 so you definitely want to check about your financing and your credit scores for whatever funding you're looking for there's also other organizations like private organizations foundations that also offer money to look for and to provide for students who wish to continue their college education but the key it all comes back to your planning because if you're planning to be a veterinarian you're planning to work in a museum. You're planning to work or you're planning to be an entrepreneur. Your plan is going to allow you to be able to apply because some require you to write an essay. Uh, some of these scholarships require you to, to write out a full essay. You're going to have to have a plan. And remember, the more people on your team, the more successful you'll become. I mean, employers know that if I hire more people, they will generate more money and income for me. It's the same thing with your education. If you're going to get involved in education, try to create a team. If at least two people, whether they're at, they work at a university of your choice or they're familiar with higher education, find a team. A team can mean a difference between success and failure. So most of the time, when we come to the idea of college education, we also forget the importance of networking. Being a part of a network can make a tremendous amount of success become more realistic in a fast manner. If you're going to go to college and you're going for athletics and you become hurt, college athletics provides an excellent networking opportunity, but there's multiple networking opportunities in college. So I definitely should stress that you try and see about those networking opportunities, particularly with alumni associations. Alumni associations provide an excellent opportunity and source of advancement and also opportunities for business as well as social networking opportunities, um, mixers, 
like I said, alumni um, associations, private groups that come on to campus, organizations that work with colleges. All these are important because it allows you to have the opportunity to take advantage of the education that you receive. And a lot of times people see college and the degree as the golden key. Unfortunately, just like when we train in martial arts, if you're going to get a college degree, you're not really beginning your journey to a successful, wealthy life. In martial arts, when you have a white belt and you become a black belt, then teachers usually tell you, congratulations, now you're starting your real education. So basically getting a college degree is the equivalent of getting a black belt in karate. It only means that now your education truly begins and your apprenticeship has ended. And we know that when you have an apprenticeship that you have to continue to grow to the point where you either become a teacher or you become a master at your craft. And really, if you're mastering your craft, what you're really trying to do is ensure that all the possibilities that you can perform at the best of your performance in your endeavor can be achieved. And that's critical in able to, to get the success that you're looking for. So you have a blueprint. You have the plan. You have the money. You have everything you need. You've done all the due diligence. So now, after you've done the time, the sweat equity, as they say, now it's important to understand the finish. Because like I said, getting a degree and going on to the next step. You have to remember that you have to have your support group. You have to thank the people that got you to where you're going. You've done everything that you can. You've made your achievements possible. You persevere. You survived. Some people can further their education and go to the next step, whether that's an MBA or that's a master's or a PhD. The importance is to understand that the knowledge you've accumulated needs to be shared. Otherwise, you will not be successful. You can have that information. You can't hoard that information. And once people find out that you like to hoard information, you will they will limit your ability to gain from them. Yes, it's a competitive environment out there. And always looking out for number one, it's still a mantra that is successful. But it's critical and important to understand that sharing knowledge is a way of sharing success. And it's not a bad thing to be a giver. Now, you have to limit how much you give because takers will always take. So givers have to limit. And it's critical that you continue to develop your plan. Once you have your college plan in place and it's executed and it's finalized, you now have the opportunity to go to the next level, which is success in life. And so you share the success you have in life and you share with others. Well, that is the conclusion of this college education planning podcast. My name is Larry Muerpo. I thank you for listening. 